Welcome to the Fringe Element Podcast, War Against the Spread, week number four edition. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Stephen Lassen. You can follow me on Twitter at Aflon Stephen. You can also check me out on YouTube, all CFB365. That is correct. All right. So, Stephen, week number four, obviously two monstrous games with Texas A&M and Arkansas, Tennessee, and Florida. It is Florida week. It is chaos week. It is psychology week. And we're going to pick every single game against the spread like we have done each and every week. And you get to take the victory lap this week because I was three and six last week against the spread. I came crashing back down to earth. You were six and three. You are now 15 and 15 on the year. I am still above water at 17 and 13. So I'm still technically winning and still technically have bragging rights. But you beat me with the two big spreads last week, Bama and Tennessee, both covering on UL Monroe and Akron. Uh, I had Florida. You had South Florida. That was stupid of me. Those were the three I missed. So you get bragging rights this week heading into week four, my man. Braden, like LSU, we are a second half team and we are trying to build momentum as the season goes along. So that is my goal is to try to get better from here. I will tell you that, that there are some ones this week that make me a little nervous. Yeah, so we a, will see if we agree or disagree. Basically, picking every game against the spread in a single conference is a dumb exercise. But but so far, it's fun. So it is fun. And we are making people money. Uh, of course, so far, we are above 500 for the entire season, every single SEC game. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be an interesting week. That is, uh, for sure. There's no question about that. So a lot of stuff to do, uh, make sure you follow them on the Twitters, make sure you check them out, of course. And again, this comes out on YouTube the day earlier. So if you want to watch the video on Thursday, please check it out. Uh, full 40 sports. Of course, you guys know the drill fringe element podcast is up there as well. And of course, Steven and I also do the cover two podcast every Thursday as well. So just lots of stuff for you guys to consume. Um, all right. Missouri plus seven against Auburn. I think the play here is the money line, Stephen. I think you should take Missouri on the money line. I wouldn't bet on this game, but if you got to go, where are you going here? Missouri plus seven. Run. Run far away from it. Stay away (laughs) from it. Uh, I mean, in all seriousness, it's probably one of the harder games to get a read on this week. I think when you you look at this game, Auburn, of course, could be missing TJ Finley, a quarterback, so Robbie Ashford. Oh, shucks. I mean... Yeah, maybe he gives them a spark, you know, that dual threat ability. Uh, Missouri struggled to stop Kansas State, so I'm trying to will myself into picking this game. Uh, Missouri has struggled on the road under Eli Drinkowitz. I think they've won just two times in SEC play. That was against Vanderbilt, and the other one was against South Carolina. So road has not been good to Missouri. So I think with that in mind, I'm going to take Auburn very reluctantly to cover on Saturday. I think Auburn wins by 30 or they lose. Like right. there's there's no chance this is a close game. The smart value bet is Missouri on the money line. But if I'm taking a spread, I am also laying the seven points and taking Auburn as well because I, I don't know. Have some freaking pride, Auburn. How about that? Uh, Kent State plus 45 points against Georgia. Georgia is way better than 45 points better than Kent State. The question is, do they want to be? Well, I think for Kent State, I think they're ready to get the non-conference schedule over with because they played Washington, they played Oklahoma, and now they'll play Georgia. So uh, this is a brutal slate for Kent State. I think the bottom line here is Georgia has won both of its games against FBS opponents by 40 or more points. I'm taking Georgia. I just think too good, best team in the country. I know it's a lot for a Kent State team that can score. I still like the Bulldogs. They only covered 33 against Samford. Not Stanford, Samford. (laughs) 
I guess I'll take I, again. I think Georgia is way more than forty-five points better than Kent State. So I I am also taking Georgia, but this is not one I feel good about. This is depth, not one of depth for Georgia. I think that's something to keep in mind too. They're very deep, so the guys their second, third string yeah, can keep yeah. it going. Yeah, there's no question about that. Um, this is not one of our. This is not one of my locks of the week. That's right. for sure. Bowling Green plus thirty at Mississippi State. I'm gonna go first here, Stephen. I'm laying the points. Give me the Bull Puppies minus 30 against Bowling Green. I know that everyone thinks they kept it close against UCLA at the beginning of the year. They didn't actually. They like blocked a punt and it made it look closer. And then UCLA eventually covered the spread. Mississippi State is pissed off for greatness. If you can stop Mississippi State, one of like eight or 10 coaches that can, you win. But everyone else can't. And Bowling Green is not in that category. They're not in the category of team that can stop Mississippi State and the air and the air raid offense for Mike Leach. So give me Mississippi State minus the 30. I like Mississippi State as well, uh, Braden. I think it's worth pointing out that in the games against Power 5 opponents for Scott Leffler at Bowling Green, old SEC friend Scott Leffler, by the way, they have scored <laughs> 0, 0, 16, 14, and 17 points. You mentioned that game against UCLA. That's not going to get it done when you play uh, Mississippi State. Also, Bowling Green giving up over 300 passing yards a game. So give me Mississippi State to cover a rebound. I know sometimes weird things happen to Mike Leach teams in non-conference, but this is a pretty favorable matchup. No, not not in this one. Scott Lee Offler will not get the job done here for Bowling Green. Give me Mississippi State. All right. The deep in the human psychology realm of college football, Florida week, Florida, Tennessee, 10 and a half point spread. I, this is a very, very big number. One of the biggest numbers in this rivalry since the nineties, there is no reason for the Florida Gators to win this game, which is why I'm taking Florida plus the 10 and a half. There's no reason I, I there's no explanation. I am willing Tennessee to victory by gambling on Florida this week. Give me the Gators plus 10 and a half. You and me both. I am taking oh. Florida to cover as well. To be honest with you, the only reason probably is history. Florida has won 15 out of the last 16 in this series. Yes, it is at Tennessee, but something just tells me that Florida can run the ball a little bit, keep it closer into the into the fourth quarter. We'll see what happens with Cedric Tillman and his status. But because of history, because of the rivalry, I am going to play uh, Florida to cover, but I like Tennessee to win. Tennessee's a better football team. They got Agreed. a better quarter. They even have a better quarterback. They got the better coach right now because he's more established. They're at home. There's no reason for Florida to win this game. Right. Tennessee so, should win. So, of course, they're going to play well. Uh, Tulsa plus 21 and a half at Old Mississippi. Old Mississippi's statistics. I love watching Ole Miss people brag about their team's statistics when they've played nobody in three weeks, but that's what they're doing. So, you guys get the week to do this. I actually think you get to do it another week. I will lay the 21 and a half. I'll take Ole Miss because they can run the football because the offensive line, because they're at home. I still think they're working some stuff out. So I think they're going to try to score the entire game. Give me Ole Miss minus 21 and a half. We agree again. I've got Ole Miss covering Uh, Davis Brin for Tulsa leads the nation in passing at over 400 passing yards a game. But offensive line, defensive line could be a problem for Tulsa in this game. It, Tulsa can move the ball through the air. They have good receivers. And, of course, I mentioned Davis Brand. But I just think we look at Ole Miss this year. They won, uh, covered the spread last week. I'm going to take them again. And I think something you mentioned there is also key. SEC play starting next week for Ole Miss. I think it's important to get the two quarterbacks some more reps through the air. So I expect them to throw and score uh, as, as needed to cover the spread. We both had Troy week one to cover like a pretty big spread. And now we've both ridden Ole Miss since that moment. And so far we have been correct. 
Uh, it's actually one of my locks of the week is Ole Miss minus 21 and a half against, uh, against Tulsa. That would be one of my top plays of the week. Arkansas plus two neutral site parking lot in Dallas, in Arlington against Texas A&M, a giant corporate parking lot, which is not where you should play a college football game, but whatever. This was obviously a dominating performance by Arkansas last week, last season. They lined up and punched A&M in the mouth and won the game easily. Are they still the, are they not still the better football team in this matchup, Steven? Yes, I like Arkansas to cover and win on Saturday. First of all, I will say I would much rather see this game in Fayetteville and College Station. It'd make for an awesome atmosphere, of course, with those two uh, fan bases. But I think in terms of this matchup, you know, Miami did run the ball, I think, fairly well against this Texas A&M defense. It's still a good A&M defense. But I think Arkansas, with the way that they've played in the line of scrimmage, plus K.J. Jefferson, I actually think Arkansas is just the better team. So I'm taking them to cover and win. Uh, I am taking Arkansas to win outright. We have not disagreed one time, Stephen. This is terrifying <laughs> for all the listeners out there who have chosen to consume this content and placed wagers on our picks. Uh, but I got Arkansas plus the two. I think they went outright as well. I think they're the better team overall. I think they can, like Miami was able to run the football, like you said. I think Texas, I think Arkansas is going to run the football. I think Arkansas is better at everything than Miami. Honestly, I think they have I think they have better weapons, better running backs, better quarterback, better offensive line, better everything, and a better defense. And AM's defense is great, but their offense has not solved any problems. Uh so I'll take Arkansas plus the two there. Uh Northern Illinois, who was a favorite over Vanderbilt last week and got blown out at home. Not blown out, but they lost by double digits at home. 26 and a half at Kentucky. This is a tricky one here, Steven. Very tricky. So I like how you make me go first at this one. <laughs> I, I'm going to play Northern Illinois here, Braden. Um, it's close, though. And I think there's a couple things here. If I'm betting this game, I would keep an eye on the status of Rocky Lombardi, the quarterback for Northern Illinois. He was hurt last week against Vanderbilt. Not sure what his status is. If he plays, I love the 26 and a half here for Northern Illinois. If not, it gets a little dicey. But I think for Kentucky, I think there is maybe the opposite of what we talked about with Ole Miss. I mean, certainly – the quarterbacks and, and Will Levis has looked great this year, but there might be some incentive to figure the offensive line and rushing game out because they've struggled so far. These two teams are, you know, in the bottom half of college football in terms of plays run. So you could see a lower possession game. I think Northern Illinois with Lombardi is probably the best G5 team that Kentucky would have faced this year. They played Miami. So I'm trying to talk through my reason here, but I will play Northern Illinois to keep it a little bit closer than at 26 and a half. No, I, I think Northern Illinois is a smart play here. I'm going to go Kentucky, A, for the sake of being different. But also, I think you're right on, no, number one, what Northern Illinois wants to do is be physical at the point of attack relative to the MAC. That's what they like to do relative to the their competition. And that is, you cannot do that to Kentucky. You cannot run the football on them. They are going to line up and punch you in the mouth. So I think... The, the desire to work th through some things on offense running the football for Kentucky because they need to get that figured out before they run through the SEC gauntlet. But also th the idea that they can shut down what Northern Illinois does best because this number screams Northern Illinois. Like this is way too big of a number. This screams Vegas is screaming at you to take Northern Illinois. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm taking Kentucky. So, all right, we've, we're finally different. All right, finally. Uh, we might differ on this one as well. Vandy plus 40 and a half against Alabama Alabama I mean I, I, I could I could give you a lot of you know tips and advice here Braden but I think I'm just going to play Alabama I think there is some incentive here for Alabama to work on the passing game especially with you know Arkansas and Texas A&M coming up they haven't quite got those big playability going so I think getting Bryce Young some reps 
against those with those receivers will be helpful for Alabama. So I like the progress of Vanderbilt. They've hit the over, but I got to play Alabama here to cover. So you're not buying the AJ Swan thing. Like he certainly looked the part last week against Northern Illinois. I'm definitely buying him. I just think that Alabama and, and Georgia are just on a different planet when it comes to the SEC. So I, I think certainly Vanderbilt has made progress, but I so, still have to play Alabama. Here's what I'm thinking. Like, so this is the third time where Bama's like a massive favorite and a massive spread. And they are better. They covered against they covered the 40, whatever it was, 55 nothing against Utah State. They covered last week. I was wrong on both of those because I just played the odds on Nick Saban letting off the pedal and the other team scoring a point, but it didn't work out in either situation. Is it, it, does that mean we should play? I mean, obviously you're taking Bama. I feel like there's at some, at some point Bama's not going to cover the large number. So I'm trying to talk myself into taking Vanderbilt here. Isn't it? But I I guess the, to your point, isn't it the close, like at some point, a large spread like that, you can almost just play the other team just because of the odds would say that that's what I've done. And I'm owing two. (laughs) Right. At some point, you would think that Vanderbilt could maybe steal a cover out of that or someone else in that situation. But I mean, like I said, it is a tough spot for Vanderbilt to be able to match up along the line of scrimmage. And also with the way that Alabama needs to get that passing game going, get one more uh, opportunity for them. That's why I like them to cover. I do like A.J. Swan, like you mentioned. I, I like the future for Vanderbilt, but this is not an easy spot to cover. I've learned absolutely nothing. I'll take Vanderbilt plus the 40 and a half. Just be, again, 14 points. If they get to 14 points, then I think they cover. Um, And I think they can score two touchdowns. I think Vanderbilt can score two touchdowns. Charlotte plus 22 and a half at South Carolina. This is an interesting one. I don't know where to go with this one. I've really wrestled with whether to take the 49ers to cover or to take South Carolina. I think if we could play a little transitive property here, Charlotte beat Georgia State. Uh, who South Carolina played in the season opener. So I don't know what all we can read into that. Charlotte's had uh, quarterback has been hurt for a couple games. Charlotte can score. I think that's the one thing that if you're betting this game, Charlotte has three pretty quality receivers. They've got a quarterback who was all conference USA coming into the season. So they can score. The problem is they're giving up a ton of points on defense. Every team has scored over 40 points on this Charlotte defense. So I think this might be a get-right game for South Carolina. Spencer Rattler and those receivers can hit a few big plays. I will take South Carolina to cover somewhat Uh, reluctantly because it is a large spread for South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina is particularly good at football. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure Charlotte is good at half of the football. Um, I was coming into this going to take Charlotte, and you've like now you've got me all verklempt here. (laughs) You're you're ahead of me in the standings, so maybe you should. Oh, maybe I should trust myself. Yeah, I do not. However, that is the problem. Uh, it's all about like Charlotte was one of the worst teams in college football the first two weeks. And and somehow they got better last week. And again, some of that's the quarterback play like you talked about. But I just South Carolina asking South Carolina to cover three touchdown spread just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. So I'll take Charlotte. <laughs> it's saying that's very it seems very stupid to do, but I'll take Charlotte. All right, so now we've got three different ones. OK, now we're good. Uh, New Mexico plus 31 and a half against LSU to wrap us up here. I like LSU to cover. I, I think um, you know, we t- we joked earlier about LSU starting to find some momentum, but I like what they've done on the offensive line. They've run the ball better over the last two weeks. Also sort of a quirky thing here is New Mexico runs like a weird three, three, five defense. Well, Rocky Long is the defensive coordinator for New Mexico. Zach Arnett was one of his proteges at San Diego state. So they've already got a look at this New Mexico 
uh, defense. New Mexico, from an offensive standpoint, struggled last year. They're struggling this year. I don't see a 52 to nothing blowout here, but I think LSU is good enough to cover that 30 points. I'm laying 31 and a half as well. LSU preparing for New Mexico by facing Mississippi State and Zach Arnett's 335 defense, which I thought was going to be the difference last week uh, because Mississippi State's got some grown adult, you know, mature men playing football. And LSU, that was a heck of a win. So I'll, I'll this this could be a market correction that we're missing here, Stephen, with this with this LSU team. But um, that's a lot of momentum. And and maybe Jaden Daniels decides to play football before the fourth quarter at some point. Um, I think he could still get the cover for us if they started to play right. in the fourth quarter. New Mexico is pretty limited offensively right they, now. <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it. Uh, all right, locks of the week. Give me your one or two best plays uh, that you like this week the most. I'm going to take Ole Miss and I'm going to take yep. Arkansas. Yeah, those are my two. Now, LSU as well. I like LSU to be locks of three. So those are my two. I also like Florida plus the 10 and a half and really Mississippi State minus the 30. I think Mississippi State's going to win easy. So, But Ole Miss and Arkansas are my two locks of the week as well. So if we're tracking those at home, the two I'm most confident in would be Arkansas plus the two, Ole Miss minus the 21 and a half. Sounds like you agree, which means neither is going to happen. Gamble at your own peril. Steven, where can people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Athlon Steven. You can also check me out on YouTube, all CFB365. There you have it. Please rate, review, subscribe, turn on all the notifications, follow on Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube page, Stevens and 440 Sports as well. Again, subscribe to the YouTube page and the podcast feed. We do appreciate it. Check out all of Stevens' work on Twitter. Uh, You can catch me on Twitter as well, at Braden Gall. And of course, our episode this week was up with Adam Spark. So make sure you check that out. Talking Tennessee and Florida, all things with Aaron Dugan every single Wednesday. So much appreciated for you guys hanging out with us. War against the spread, week number four in the books, everybody. Have a great weekend. Enjoy college football and the SEC in week number four. For Stephen, I'm Braden. Thanks for listening. This has been Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network.